The following program is produced and furnished in conjunction with Roger Waldron of the Coalition for Government Procurement, which is entirely responsible for its content. Welcome to Off the Shelf with Roger Waldron of the Coalition for Government Procurement. Off the Shelf gives a voice to commercial service and product companies selling in the federal market. Roger speaks to members and government officials about procurement policy trends, innovations, and debates. Off the Shelf on Federal News Radio 1500 AM. Now your host, Roger Waldron. Today my guest on Off the Shelf is Kevin Lynch. Kevin is the President and Chief Executive Officer for the National Industries for the Blind, and uh, NIB, as it's uh, uh, affectionately referred to uh, throughout the procurement community, uh, last week celebrated its 80th anniversary. Um, congratulations, Kevin. Thank you. And I understand, Kevin, that uh, actually this is uh, the month of August is an anniversary for you as well. Um, this is your 10th year as uh, president and chief executive officer. So congratulations on your stewardship. Thank you, Roger. So I'm looking forward to uh, the conversation. I think, you know, given that you know, NIB has been around for 80 years, you've been there like some, I guess some of you folks say you've been there the entire time. Is that correct? <laughs> some um, think so, definitely. Yes. Well, you know, first, I think let's just uh, talk a little bit about uh, NIB and uh, who you are and what you do in the mission. Sure. So. Well, thank you first for having uh, me on, Roger. And National Industries for the Blind, as you, as you mentioned, uh, we are celebrating our 80th anniversary. We are a, a 501c3 nonprofit organization that was actually created and formed by uh, 22 at that time nonprofit agencies that were serving people who were blind across the country. And our primary mission is to assist those nonprofit agencies in creating employment opportunities in the federal procurement world. Um, what we've been doing for those 80 years has been producing a number of different types of products used by the military and our civilian government employees, as well as services now that we also perform for the government. So, and, you know, so I know folks out there have heard of Ability One and, you know, and, you know, lots of folks have heard of NIB as well. Um, how does, you know, can you, for the listeners, just explain to them who Ability One is versus where you guys fit and, and just a little bit more about those, you know, you're your nationwide organization. Correct? That's correct. Right. So. Absolutely. Well, the Ability One program is is the actual federal program. It was created by the Javits-Wagner-O'Day Act, so it is through legislation. And it is overseen by the Ability One Commission, uh, which is the government agency overseeing the program. NIB, as well as our sister agency, Source America, are the two what we call central nonprofit agencies that are, are there to assist the uh, independent nonprofit agencies that are out across the country employing individuals who are blind on the government contracts. So the commission, Ability One, sort of sets the overall sort of, you know, big picture kind of goals, Correct. right? And you guys are the operational arm that executes? It's, it's actually a, a very unique and I think a, a very valued public-private uh, partnership uh, that was created, and uh, it has done a phenomenal job in terms of creating employment opportunities for uh, historically a group of individuals that find it difficult to find employment. There is still a 70% unemployment rate out there of working-age adults who are legally blind in this country. Right. So, um, and, and your employment, you know, we can talk about some of the, let's talk about some of the things that, that 
you know, NIB provides in terms of opportunities for employment um, through the products and services you provide. So I know everybody, I was a government employee for 20 years. Um, I think all government employees out there, former employees, are familiar with Skillcraft. So what is Skillcraft? That, that is great. Skillcraft is actually uh, NIB trademark, and it is something that has been around since the 50s uh, that NIB created to really create a brand recognition out there amongst uh, the, the federal employees, the workforce. And we apply it to a number of different items. We produce over 4,000 items for the, for the uh, military and, and civilian agencies, uh, anywhere from office products, which we're well known for, Jan, janitorial and cleaning products, but also we produce a number of military uniforms and equipment items uh, used to go to war. Right. So, and the you know the the blind you know, they're on the line. Can you sort of explain what you know what exactly they're doing and to, to in in support of creating these items? Absolutely. Well, the the primary foundation of the program is that at a minimum, seventy five percent of the direct labor. Uh, that is required to produce that product or perform that service uh, must be done by individuals legally blind. So that they're out there on the manufacturing lines where they are producing the items, they're producing the, uh, the injection molding, the uh, items that we produce, the pens, the, the ring binders, uh, the military uniforms. Right, and I didn't realize you guys made military uniforms. That's kind of neat. Yeah, we absolutely do it for all of the branches. Um, the battle dress uniforms that are that you see, the camouflage items, also the uh, the helmets. We produce all of the uh, items of the helmet except the Kevlar helmet itself. So the covering, the, the webbing, the straps, and, and everything. Cool, very good. Um, so, how, and I know you go to market. I, you know, you have you you have distributors. They're government contractors. Can you describe how that sort of works a little bit? Yes, absolutely. Um, we rely very heavily on the partnerships that we have developed uh, with our commercial partners. And this is something that has evolved over, really, over the last 20 years. And frankly, we wouldn't be successful without those partners. Um, and they're the ones that actually will distribute our products and get it to the end-use customer. Right, so they use your, they're, they're your distributors and you're the, you know, it's a supplier, right? They, like they're the primes typically, right? Exactly. Right, and that, is that through the GSA schedules program? Yes, it is. It's through the schedules for the most part. Also, we are involved heavily with the requisition side too. Are you a presence on FedMall? Yes, D- yeah, as absolutely, well? absolutely. Right. So, and I know another area that you've dived into over the last few years is services. Can you just... Describe a little bit about what you guys are doing in services. Great question. Thank you for asking. One of the uh, one of the really changes that have have happened over uh, really over the last ten fifteen years has been the advancement in technology. It has really leveled the playing field for individuals who are blind. Accessible technology exists today, which is well, as you know, I mean, they're talking about autonomous cars, um, but when it comes to technology and the IT world. Now, with everything being accessible, it's allowed us to get into areas like contract closeout, which we do for the Department of Defense. And we're actually also rolling out now individuals who are blind certified in cybersecurity. Wow. So, and and the, the closeout, what, what does that entail for DOD? So the, uh, as you can imagine, the, uh, the, the military has been buying lots and lots of things over the years um, to keep our warfighters supplied. 
And it's, it's been a real challenge for them to uh, go through the whole process of ensuring the contracts have been met and have been closed out. So uh, working with Department of Defense and Defense Acquisition University, we were able to come up with an agreement to allow individuals who are blind with college degrees to be trained at DAU free of charge to become to get, gain the same experience and qualifications as a federal contracting person. So we have over 150 people who are blind today that are, again, working across the branches, closing out contracts. Right, and has historically, hasn't DPAP been a pretty big supporter of um, of your program? DPAP has been a wonderful supporter of our program, particularly in the contract closeout part, and really hats off to Shea Asad because he has really been a champion for, for the Ability One program. Right, so um, so that's sort of the big picture. You use the schedules a lot. Um, you you through those channels, DLA, FedMall, and you've moved into services. I you know is is part of that five hundred one assurance? Do you guys work on that as well? Uh, five hundred eight, yes, five hundred eight, five hundred eight compliance. I'm thinking five hundred one c three, like when you started the show. My apologies, so I don't want to get. So what is five hundred eight? So 508 is, is really, uh, it's, it's, it's more complex than it might sound, it, it, but the, the basics is that uh, uh, technology should be accessible for all individuals, including people who are blind. And so you have to make sure that your website is accessible to an individual. And what we do is we go through and we will actually uh, qualify to see if it does meet the 508 requirements. It's, it's one of those things where um, someone will say that they want 508 built into their website, mm-hmm. but they don't go back and really check it. What we do is we actually go through and check it and ensure that it, it, is, it meets that requirement. Right, and you provide fo- feedback on things they may need, need to correct or adjust or that sort of thing? Correct. Sort of quality assurance kind of thing. That's exactly yeah. what it is. Um, all right, well, Kevin, we're already up on the first break. Uh, and when we come back, let's talk a little bit Start talking about some of the changes where the market is going right now from your perspective and your organization's perspective, e-commerce, that sort of thing, GSA. And my guest today is Kevin Lynch. He is a president and chief executive officer for the National Industries for the Blind. And you are listening to Off the Shelf on Federal News Radio, 1500 AM. Welcome back to Off the Shelf on Federal News Radio, 1500 AM. Today, my guest is Kevin Lynch. Kevin is the president and Chief Executive Officer for the National Industries of the Blind, uh, NIB, is uh, celebrating its 80th anniversary this year, uh, just this month of August. And uh, Kevin is celebrating your 10th anniversary as President and CEO. So congratulations again to you and to NIB. Um, So when we took the break, we were talking a little bit about – some of the services you pro- provide, and I know we're going to talk about the market and how you guys fit in a little bit more, where things are going. But you know, I know one of the words that I hear um, in connection with NIV and what you do is innovation. And I know you talked a little bit about the services, but I just want to amplify that. I, you know, my understanding is there's other areas and things that you're doing with, to support, for example, DLA. Um, and a little bit in the cyber area as well. Can you talk a little bit about some of those things you're doing? I understand you you guys run a warehouse or have warehousing for DLA. That's pretty amazing stuff. That's correct. We actually have three warehouses located across the country. Um, these are 200,000-square-foot warehouses, just like you would see in the commercial world. And we have individuals who are blind that are, are running the whole show in, in these warehouses. They're pickpacking and shipping globally 
to our military personnel around the world. So, and that's, I mean, I just, you need to take me out there and take a look at these and do a tour at some point. Um, That would be wonderful to do. And and it's it's technology, you know, and advances in technology and just figuring how, how those systems all play together that allows, you know, this, these kind of opportunities for people who are blind? Absolutely. The uh, the technology and the automation that we have been able to bring in has, has been very innovative, um, so much so that it's actually been adopted even in the, in the sighted world, in the sighted warehouse world. And this is where we have um, headsets that our employees wear, and the computer will tell them where they need to go to pick the item. It will tell them exactly what bin how many items, and they will verify and check it, and then they ship it and put it on automated conveyors. It almost sounds like it's like a GPS system within the warehouse itself, so that tells you where to go and that kind of. That's pretty cool. Absolutely. So, and on the cyber world, um, can you talk? Yeah, I know you've you've got some training programs there, and you're getting people certified. You know, how are they? Are they supporting the department, or where are they working? So at this point right now, we are actually doing some subcontracting work on some government contracts uh, for for commercial primes. Um, our individuals are CompTAA certified uh, in cybersecurity, at least level one. We're working on getting up to level three. So they're they're doing primarily help desk type work uh, for the, in the cybersecurity you know lane. Okay, and then that's the first step, and then you're going to expand work on that. Exactly, it's a, it's a stepping stone that, and it's the same thing that we did with successfully with CMS in terms of starting off with baby steps and working our ways up to you know full closeouts. Right, and how many? Just for the audience, and I should ask you in the first segment. So, how many folks do you employ? So we employ over 6,000 individuals on direct labor contracts, and then we have a substantially number of working in indirect areas all the way up to presidents and CEOs of these nonprofit agencies. And that's throughout the country, right? That's throughout the country. So, you know, it's a dynamic organization. There's a lot going on, and there's a lot going on in the federal market. Um, you know, one of the biggest things is um, that everybody talks about all the time, frankly, um, and private companies do as well um, is e-commerce and where it's going. I'm just going to open it up and, you know, uh, your thoughts, initial thoughts, what your observations, you know, we have section 846, we have GSA working on that, that effort. Um, You know, they've been pretty transparent and open and having public meetings. Um, How do you see things going? Well, first I I really want, again, uh, kind of throw kudos out to OMB and GSA for working with us uh, on this on on the 846. Um, you know, obviously, we know they have a significant challenge in terms of tr- with the e portals and coming up with what is going to be the right solution or solutions. Um, obviously, we want to be a part of that, and you know, I think we have a past record of uh, our history with both GSA and OMB and with, with the federal government marketplace in terms of demonstrating that we, we have evolved over the years. I'm an old-timer. I mean, I've been in this program almost 40 years, and I go I back. I thought it was 80. <laughs> close, <No>. half of it. <laughs> okay. But I go back to the days when we used to ship our products out in, in brown chipboard boxes with, with white barcoded labels, black and white labels, and We'd go through the GSA depots, and we'd have 180 days to deliver to where we are today, where our packages, our packaging is very commercial-like retail. 
oriented and we are delivering next day desktop. Right. And when you think about e- the you know the the interesting thing about it, I just so GSA is ex- examining the commercial e platforms, but there are so you know we have FedMall, we have GSA Advantage, you know we have you know the 4PL program at GSA as well, and all these electronic ordering, you know, in the global supply arena with GSA and DoD that's going on already. You know, what do you see that has worked? I mean, I. And what are some of the key considerations? You know, I know you guys submitted comments on the two GSA on their uh, implement. You know, with regard to implementation, their implementation plan. They had a public meeting this year. You know, when you look across where we are right now, just what, what's working? Where do you think GSA really needs to focus? Well, truthfully, from my perspective, um, I I really have felt that advantage, at least from a supplier. From a from a schedule yes. holder, GSA Advantage has has done quite well. Um, when when I take a look at uh, in terms of working with our program, with adhering to the mandatory requirements of our products, and from pricing our products, our again this goes back to our our partnerships with the commercial contractors that distribute our items. Right, and yeah, that's an interesting observation because I, you know, one of uh, folks I. You know, by when I worked at GSA, the architects of GSA Advantage at the time, um, I think one of the things that's underappreciated about it is it was built to meet compliance requirements, right? Whether it's you know, you know, the buying uh, products from NIB or you know, ensuring you have an opportunity to survey and pick the right product and all the icons, all the things that 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 are there. It was. Compliance was built into the system, but at the same time, compliance takes a little longer, right? So that, you know, it's so, you know, this effort to streamline things, you know, I I think one of the things that's missing is taking a look at seeing what you can do to improve um, GSA Advantage as well. And are there lessons to learn from the commercial platforms as you, as the government moves towards that model? Well, absolutely. And, you know, I, I think that the one thing that we always strive for is how we can do things better. And, you know, I, I see that in terms of even with GSA and, and, and their efforts. Um, but as I have said at the industry day for the 846, um, the government, unlike the commercial marketplace, uh, has obviously a responsibility uh, for the taxpayer uh, to ensure that they're getting best value. But it also has a responsibility as far as setting public policy and one of the things that, again, is critical about all this is there is a definite need for employment for individuals who are blind. It is an underserved workforce that's out there ready to, you know, go to work. Right. And, well, when you think about compliance, there's that aspect of it. I know one of the things I think next segment we'll talk a bit about essentially the same. That was one of your central comments to back to GSA and how that's going to work. We'll go through the definition, what that is and what it means in this, because we're almost out of time for this segment already. But, you know, keeping that theme, you know, the when you think about the compliance, there's all kinds of things that may not have been as big a deal back when GSA was first going into GSA Advantage, but the counterfeit issue is much bigger. And then cybersecurity is just a whole new domain Absolutely. that these systems are going to have to think about. Um, but when we come back, we'll talk about essentially the same and what the, and why that's important and what it means and 
how does it fit within this e-commerce sort of dynamic that's going on right now. My guest today is Kevin Lynch. He is a president and CEO for the National Industries for the Blind, and you are listening to Off the Shelf on Federal News Radio, 1500 AM. Welcome back to Off the Shelf on Federal News Radio, 1500 AM. Today, my guest is Kevin Lynch. Kevin is the president and chief executive officer for the National Industries for the Blind, uh, an organization celebrating its 80th anniversary this year. Uh, and Kevin has, you know, this month of August, again, is celebrating his 10th anniversary as president. Congratulations to you and to the organization once again. Um, and one of the central yeah, aspects of the program um, and one of the things that I know you guys commented on back to GSA in the context of the Section 846 and their implementation plan is, you know, the concept of essentially same products. Um, for the listeners, can you explain them what that is? Absolutely. Well, ETS, as, as we use acronyms too, are essentially the if same. You know, if we didn't use an acronym, we wouldn't be true government like procurement people, right? Exactly. exactly right. Okay. Exactly. So ETS. So ETS is, um, is something that has been very concerning for us uh, over the years as, as uh, the government has moved more towards commercial acquisition platforms. And that is the sale of what would be uh, competing commercial items. For ours, so an example would be we have the Skillcraft pen, and an ETS item would be a, a non-Skillcraft pen, a commercial-made uh, pen. And so, what we want to, you know, want to ensure is that the government person who's who's purchasing is getting our items um, as as the mandatory requirement. We want them to be happy with the item, and obviously, we work very hard to make sure that the quality is is equal to or better than the the commercial item. Um, but it is something that, you know, obviously is very concerning because there is a lot of manufacturers of writing instruments and other items that we produce. Right. And so, um, so it's, you know, when it's ETS, essentially the same, is a con, as you've just described, it's a concept where the products are listed and they're for mandatory for purchase by the federal government to support the employment of uh, people who are blind and, you know, in Source America as well and the flip side of it, right? So um, what is the sort of concern or the, maybe that concern isn't the right word, the challenge, that's I think is a better word, challenge in the context of e-commerce platforms when you're thinking about ensuring, you know, those ETS items are in fact available for purchase um, by, you know, government employees or government procurement folks? So GSA Advantage is a great example. Uh, GSA has been wonderful, and, and again, their, their schedule holders in terms of establishing their contracts uh, comply with uh, the Ability One requirement. Right, and they, don't they have clauses in their contract? Absolutely. With regard to the compliance and ensuring those items are listed properly and all that kind of stuff? And and they also have to go through and become authorized Ability One dealers. Right. So it's a, it's an additional requirement that, it, particularly for the office products, that uh, those dealers have to meet. Um, they have been wonderful because they actually remove the items, the commercial items, from from being able to be purchased off of Advantage. So they use technology to do that, and we work very closely to help GSA identify with the, with their partners, their schedule holders. The items that should be not included uh, on advantage. 
when we start working and, and, and government personnel start going outside to more commercial platforms, we don't have any of that coverage. And that's where our concern comes from. So if you went to a e-commerce e- portal site and I'm a government purchaser and it's open market theoretically, right, you're n- not necessarily going to be presented with your product as saying, here, this is the ETS item that's you know under government procurement rules you're supposed to purchase first, right? Um, it's just going to be out there and whatever is there is there, right, from a commercial item perspective? That's correct. And first and foremost, we probably aren't there. Right. So, so that's, that's a bigger problem that, that we are you know, always looking to work on increasing. We want to be anywhere the government person is, is using to purchase uh, their, their mission-related items. But absolutely, what you're saying is 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 true. They're they they're then out there unknowingly buying items that are directly in competition with our products, and therefore have an impact on the employment. Right. Does does FedMall or uh, DLA do they have a similar like sort of model that um, GSA Advantage does? Uh, actually, unfortunately, FedMall doesn't at this point right now, and there are ETS items on there. But we we continue to work with, with uh, DOD. Uh, it's on a new that. system. It's and, a new system, right? So, um, so what when you're thinking about the continued sort of evolution of this market and going to e-commerce platforms? Because GSA, you know, by mandated by statute to to move that in direction in. You know, where do you think they need to go? What do you, in phase two, which is sort of their market research phase, and they're trying to figure out wh- how people sell, how people buy, you know, and then the rules that should or shouldn't apply. You know, what what suggestions do you guys have for them to, you know, address the ETS concern? So Challenge, we, excuse so me. We actually see the e-portal as being a, a great opportunity for our for our program and for other reasons and and again technology is is the key to this because technology can can make what you were talking about before compliance being slow it can actually take that away it can be built up front so that the the person buying is doing the right thing is following right. all the requirements all the fars all the laws right that's that's and it's interesting cuz you know when I'm listening to you describe that it's that sort of balance or tailoring certain government unique requirements that just aren't going to go away, right, with, you know, adopting commercial systems, practices, you know, methodologies and trying to figure out how to thread that needle. Because I don't, I I mean, I think the initial push for e-commerce platform was purely the idea we want to be able to buy or those who pushed it uh, buy just like, you know, everybody else does, you know, pick up your phone, your iPhone, and, you know, press a few buttons, and all of a sudden the drone drops in and delivers <laughs> your product, right? So, but, you know, that that's a that's the big challenge. Do you have suggestions or thoughts where GSA needs to, you know, go in, in terms of as they work through this phase two, which should last, I think, till March or so of next year? Correct. Well, I, again, I, I think... First of all, they think they, they're doing a good job by going out asking industry for input, um, and they're not doing it in a vacuum. So we're very, very happy about that. But again, I think that there's technology that can remove all of those kind of gates yes. that, that exist today and make it a much simpler process. 
and still have that commercial feel, that commercial purchasing feel, the expedited feel. Again, I think Advantage, GSA Advantage, offers a lot of that right. today. Um, and, and so building upon uh, some of the things that they have been able to do there. Right. Um, and I, I guess my my understanding, too, is GSA is planning on having another industry day this fall and probably, hopefully, another round of you know seeking public comment on things they're thinking about. Um, I know that the recent uh, NDAA gave GSA the authority to establish like the ordering procedures for use of that. One thing that wasn't in there that GSA had recommended is increasing the micro purchase threshold to twenty five thousand um, dollars. That was not included. So the yeah, but the micro purchase threshold for DOD was raised from five thousand to ten thousand. So now it's ten thousand across the board for civilian and DOD. You have any thoughts on that? Obviously, you can buy a lot of pens, <laughs> you know, for ten thousand dollars. Very good point. A lot so, of skillcraft pens. Right? Less skill must be skillcraft. Right, right. <laughs> but um, you know, again, I think some of the in doing that, there's there creates some confusion potentially out there for some of the government buyers because ability one is not exempt from the micro purchase. And so they, they're still supposed to go through and purchase the mandatory items. Right. So it, it's an education process and it's a, it's, you know, it's a marketing process that we have to, you know, continuously uh, work on. Yeah. Cause that's a good point. Cause when people think about purchases below the micro purchase threshold, it's basically the government guidance is you can go to any source you want to place that order. They admonish the rules, admonish you to sort of rotate orders when you can. Um, but other than that, there really aren't any rules that applies. But and it, and that bumps up against, you know, some of these things that you know people obviously care about, like essentially the same, right? So it'll be interesting to see how it sorts out. Um, we're already up on the break, uh, and my guest today is Kevin Lynch. He's the president and CEO of the National Industries for the Blind. When we come back, we'll continue our discussion of the market. You know, I know there's some pilots out there going on that. We with the Air Force on e-marketplaces that we may want to talk about. You are listening to Off the Shelf on Fed News Radio, 1500 AM. Welcome back to Off the Shelf on Fed News Radio, 1500 AM. Today, my guest is Kevin Lynch. Kevin is the president and CEO of National Industries for the Blind. Uh, and Kevin, uh, we're already at the last segment. This, is, this show's been going fast. Um, and uh, last segment, we did spend a lot of time Oh, I'm a, I'm a, I made a mistake here. I apologize. Every segment, I, the, this is the 80th anniversary <laughs> of the National Industries for the Blind and your 10th uh, anniversary as president and CEO of uh, NIB. And again, congratulations uh, uh, for your stewardship and for the organization's service to people who are blind. Um, we, we were now back to the show, <laughs> but uh, we were talking about e-commerce and I know there's other things going on in the e-commerce world. You mentioned a little bit FedMalls launched a new or FedMall is a new website and, you know, functionality that replaces DOD e-mall. Um, and that's a work in progress um, as well. There's pilots going on out there and I know the Air Force is running a pilot with regard to uh, micro purchase buys and it's run, you know, through Amazon. Um, and do you, you know, what, so what, I, you know, what is, what is going on there? What's, what's that all about? Well, again, uh, I want to, uh, make sure that, um, I express the fact that we do embrace 
you know, e-commerce. the changing technology yeah, absolutely. and e-commerce. Absolutely. And, and, you know, we actually see it as a, as a great opportunity for our program. But um, we do get a little bit concerned with pilots that are out there um, that uh, may not necessarily take care of the essentially the same problem that we were talking about yes. by requiring yeah. uh, the pilot to to have our products and make sure that, the, that there is no competing commercial items being sold. And so that's one of the things we're watching very closely with this Air Force pilot right now. Right. It's Yeah, it's an interesting dynamic. Um you know, I know from the rest of the industry's perspective, you know, there's lots of questions about the Air Force pilot, even questions about what were the criteria for selecting a particular firm or not. Um, you know, what, where is the pilot going? The data that's collected, how does it translate into Air Force decision making? Um, you know, what's a measure of success for the pilot? And even the you know, there, there are still questions out there, you know, what was the process that was used for establishing the pilot? There's all kinds of interesting questions and dynamic out there. Um, I, you know, I think it's an opportunity to learn about purchasing. And it's also, but at the same time, you know, your question is one of the, is one of the key questions. How, that I think the, the Air Force needs to be thinking about is how do you ensure compliance with things that don't go away, that are still there regardless of whether it's a micro-purchase or buy or not. So one of the uh, w- one of the ways the uh, the responses we've received to our our concern has been that uh, this will give them an opportunity to see where leakage, where the where ETS sales are actually being made, and that they can then go back and address that particular situation. But that's kind of like you know letting the animals out of the barn and trying to get them back in after the fact, when it's so much easier that they could build that compliance up front and right. for the customer. Right. It's an interesting diamond. You know, you've brought, you've touched on an interesting dynamic around e-commerce platforms that, you know, we've heard it in other places too. Oh, this was this way we'll be able to identify, you know, the term, use the term linkage or open market buys that we could then turn around later and figure out how to leverage. Well, you know, one of the things that that's always struck me is, is like we're going to make it easier to go outside the system in order to stop people from going outside the system. That's kind of the logic I'm hearing there, and that's a that's an interesting sort of approach to it. Um, you know, and also seems to me is one of the things the government um, and I and I meant to ask you about this early, just the concept of category management and buying smarter, um, and that means leveraging, you know, in large part what you hear. OMB talking about, you know, best-in-class contracts, uh, leveraging pre-existing vehicles and that sort of thing. That involves discipline amongst the procurement staff. Is there, is there any – do you guys get, you know, the category management thing? Is that something you're watching too? Absolutely, and and also involved in because it, it certainly does touch upon our program. Right. So, um, yeah, and that's interesting to see where that goes as it evolves and um, what's – you know, what does it mean moving forward in the future? Um, you know, I, we have about three or four minutes left, and I, I wanted to just take a step back now and talk. You know, you've been in this business um, for about 40 years. I was going to use the joke, 80 <laughs> years, you know, but, you know, that's, you know, I'm getting lame then, right? So, um, you know, and you've been as president for 10 years. What is, how have you seen the market evolve over that time? I mean, l- there's lots of different things going on. 
uh, chief of which it seems to me is technology. But what are some of the biggest you know things that you've seen, and how does it impact you know where you where you're trying to you know, the vision you have for the future of uh, NIB. So when I first got involved with this program, it was about creating a job for a person who's blind. And I really think one of the the great things that has happened as we have evolved and over the years is that it's all about creating career, career opportunities. Um, you know, the contract closeout, it may be a job, but it's a career track. Uh, and one of the things we're very proud of is that from those individuals, we've had over 50 people who are blind hired in by the federal government or by defense contractors to do contract closeout. So it, it's it's been something that has just been evolving and to become a career. Right. That's a great. I'm. That's a great observation. I mean, I never thought of it that way. When you you do think about that job and providing the job, but you know that's really sort of the, what you're saying is that's the first step, right? That's the first yeah, step. Yeah. You get you support people help to get the job. And then, then it's like it's that part. If you're a good leader, you know, a mentor, or whatever, you're trying to provide people with the skills and opportunities for a successful career, right, to advance. So um, that's a great point. You know, I'll go back to technology. It seems to me that's the place where um, things are evolving rapidly, right? We don't even know where e-commerce is going to be in the next two years, let alone, you know, the next five or six. Um, do I just wanted to to go back and talk about that opportunity, um, how it can solve the problems in the sense of the essentially same in particular. If I have any final thoughts on that, certainly. Um, again, through the programming and through algorithms, it's uh, you know we think it's very easy to accomplish. I mean, GSA advantage is demonstrated that it works. You can remove items that that you really don't want someone to be purchasing so that they don't even know they've been removed. Um, I mean, and that's the, you know, that, that's sort of the, one of the lessons learned, I think, coming out of the e-commerce, you know, you know, exercise that GS is going through is, you know, trying streamlining government um, can happen many ways. And, you know, just learning from the e-commerce portals, what, what can be done and, or even just technology, what can be done can just have a, a huge positive impact on your program and other programs as well. Um, so, Roger, bef- before we end, uh, what we're also celebrating another anniversary. And oh, it's, wow. What is that? It's the 50th anniversary of the Skillcraft government pen, and that is the one that uh, many people around the area are very familiar with and, and have seen. Uh, so we want to provide you with that, but also to show that we are constantly evolving, I want to also present you with one of our newer prens. This is our aviator, and it has been specifically designed for our military aviation personnel. Well, Kevin, thank you so much. So it's the 50th anniversary of the Skillcraft pen, and I have to tell you, when I was I worked in the government 20 years, that's the pen I used. So uh, I tried to use it whenever I could, uh, be supportive, um, and it's it was a and it never let me down. I'll tell you that right. And you know, practice in law, you. Before computers, or even after computers, uh, there's a lot of note taking. So um, I really appreciate it. And again, um, with uh, National Industries for the Blind's 80th anniversary, uh, the 50th anniversary of the Skillcraft Pen, and your 10th anniversary as president, congratulations 
on all those milestones, and thank you for being on the show. Thank you, Roger. Yeah, my guest today has been Kevin Lynch. He is a president and chief executive officer for the National Industries for the Blind, and you've been listening to Off the Shelf on Federal News Radio, 1500 a.m. You've been listening to Off the Shelf with Roger Waldron of the Coalition for Government Procurement. If you missed any part of this program, you can hear the entire show or any of our weekly programs anytime at federalnewsradio.com. Off the Shelf, only on Federal News Radio, 1500 a.m. and federalnewsradio.com.